people i am jared the football genius burgess and we got another guest <laughs> i'd like to welcome vince thomas to the platform vince tell us a little bit about yourself hey jared thank you so much for having me i didn't know i was supposed to have a cool middle name i'll come up with that for <laughs> future episodes but man i'm so glad to be here um, I, I would consider myself first, the greatest accomplishment is being the husband to my lovely wife, Ashley. Uh, we've got a son on the way. So really exciting oh, yeah. times in the Thomas household right now. Um, kind of like the thing I do with the majority of my time is I'm a pastor of a, a church in the heart of the city of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. uh, but what most people don't know is outside of that, uh, I enjoy being an adjunct professor uh, here in the city. Uh, on the collegiate level. Uh, and I do a lot of consulting, believe it or not, for different media platforms. And uh, I am the executive producer. I don't know if I told you this. I'm the executive producer of my brother's podcast, which is a sports podcast as well. So, um, you know, my hands in a lot of things keeps me well-rounded, keeps me uh, on the pulse of what's going on today. So uh, really enjoying life. And uh, man, I'm I'm excited to be with you today. Nah, man, look, I appreciate it. I, I hit you with I hit you maybe about a week ago, a little over yeah. a week ago. Yeah. And I was like, I I was like, you know, I know that uh especially with having the child on the way, um, that you were, you know, you were busy, you got stuff going on. And I was like, let me see if Vince would, would like to come on the show. And man, you didn't hesitate. You was like, oh man, of course. So man, I truly appreciate you for coming on. And that is why I didn't know. So I saw that did did uh did your brother just start the podcast? It's it's starting to actually take shape. So he's been doing it for almost two years. Um and, okay. and he is he and uh his uh just a great colleague, Connor Muldowney, mm -hmm. uh, they both have been doing an outstanding job, really grassroots. It started as a uh, social media rivalry between two people okay. from rival schools right. but then when they finally sat down and talked things out they realized that they were a lot alike uh -huh. but had different teams that they cheered for and they turned that into a podcast and yeah uh, I, I'm just proud of the both of them for sticking with it uh, bringing me along for the ride um, yeah. and just seeing how they've got different guests quality guests that, mm -hmm. that come on their show and they just do a great job it's very comedic and he, uh, my brother took me to a Michigan game not too long ago right. and he is the mayor of Ann Arbor. Like yeah. how many people <laughs> he knows? I was like, wow. So, um, I am the rookie with, uh, all of that. And so I, you know, I, although I'm the older brother, uh, my brother does a great job of what, what he does in, in his sports podcast. Yeah. I, so I saw the clip of it, uh, maybe about a week ago. And I was like, I got to check this out because it was, it was pretty entertaining. But I, I did not know that he had been doing it for two years. Man, I, I, I hadn't seen like any like graphics or anything like that, um, you know, him showing, showing uh, about the podcast. But then again, I very rarely go on IG, which is terrible because, <laughs> you know, 
that means I'm not really promoting this podcast enough. So <laughs> I, I got to do a better job of that. Hey, just stick with it. I mean, I think for all of us, if we realize this is a marathon and yeah. whatever you can give to it, just consistently give that to it. And, and as you steward that, well, it, it grows over time. Yeah. And that's what I've been able to see with, with them as well. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm definitely gonna have to, uh, <laughs> I say that all the time, but I'm definitely gonna have to make sure I, I continue to do that. Um, well, let's jump right into to who's really right, man. And it's, it's funny when we had our conversation the other day, um, I went back and I thought a little bit about what we talked about. Um, so the, the who's really right guys is a rod is up for his first ballot of the hall of fame. Will he get in? And so in listening to what your perspective on this, um, I had to think a little bit deeper about, you know, about mine. So you are our guest. You are, you get to offer your opinion first. Let me know. What, do you think, do you think he gets in on the first ballot? You know, that's a great question. Mm. But the bigger question is I was sharing with you the other day is not mm -hmm. so much about A-Rod getting in on his first ballot, right? but uh, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, will they get in on their last ballot? So you've got really the first um, Hall of Fame selection where you've got to make some really tough decisions on where will we stand? What will our criteria be? And you know, in making that decision, are you going to say, let me look at the body of work at a Barry Bonds, at a Roger Clemens, at a Kurt Schilling, and say, prior to their alleged or around their alleged years of cheating, mm -hmm. did they have Hall of Fame careers? And if so, did those cheating years negate the Hall of Fame career that they, they had? Mm -hmm. And if it did, well, well, then, you know, that's that's one thing. But if it didn't, you know, what will our standard of moral ethics be? Yeah. And uh, so that, that's one side of the question. But no, I I, I personally don't believe that A-Rod's going to get in on the first ballot. And I believe that he'll go on a media tour to keep rehabbing his image so that people say he's undeniable because of his characteristics. Yeah. Well, so and one of the things that I thought about and that I went back to um, when we had that conversation the other day was where, where are we drawing the line, right? And so um, one of the people who I went to, you know, you say Barry Bonds, you didn't say Kershaw, let me say that, Roger Clemens, mm -hmm. Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. I went back to Pete Rose and what I'm seeing from that is, is that there really is no kind of level of, you know, uh, there's no level of like morality where they say, okay, this is a reason why it's, to me, it's more about, it's less about the, the PED use and more about does the media like you? Oh, okay. So when they vote for you, do they like you regardless of your use of performance enhancing drugs, regardless of your, you know, gambling um do they like you and i think that a rod has done enough of a rehab of his image since coming out and speaking about his use of peds that the media likes him enough that he'll probably get in on the first ballot i i could i could 
see where you're coming from with that. Uh, I still say that you, you deal with what we call baseball purists, right. who are the ones who often are doing a lot of the writing. Yeah. So, of course, media likes a great story. And I think similar to, you know, we're talking about cheating, right? Mm -hmm. um, the Houston Astros. One thing that other, uh, as I was looking into the Houston Astros situation, a, a lot of other uh, baseball players were saying that, okay, yeah, Astros cheated, but they weren't the only ones. However, baseball had to make an example out of someone. And what better way to make an example out of a former champion to say that, hey, cheating goes on. And even if you win a title, you're not above the law. Right. So when you have the guys, you know, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, uh, Kurt Schilling, who are caught, Alex Rodriguez, who are caught cheating, they aren't the only ones who are cheating. But my man who is having a hard time staying on the major league roster and he's going back and forth between AAA and the major leagues to penalize him, people are going to say, well, shoot, he needed that. I mean, he's trying yeah. to go from riding a charter bus to away games to riding a plane to away games. Right. And it's not as sensational for media stories as these big ticket items. So you know, one of the arguments, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm for cheating or for yeah. performance enhancing drugs. However, one of the arguments are no matter what substance you take, you still got to hit the ball. You still got to make the strikeout. Right. So there is an element of skill that's associated with it. But going back to the Pete Rose thing, because now the argument is, well, now that we've made gambling legal, should Pete Rose still have a ban? Right. on him for what he did during his time in the league. I mean, I, and I think we know that, you know, that that, that whole ban and that rule was antiquated, uh, you know, when he was more, when he was out, more outspoken about having been banned, like back in the 90s. And so, um, and I'm sure he had been beating the drum about that before, but it first came to my attention in the 90s. Um, and it's ironic now that like how gambling has like just infiltrated the country and now it's still, well, and that's why I feel like if they just don't like you, they just don't like you. And you, you would think with some now, like you getting newer writers in guys who, um, you know, who weren't under that old guard um, of the media, but you can see some of them still kind of hold you know, those ideas. And it's a shame, you know, because I'm I'm not for cheating as well. And you made a you made a good point the other day when you're talking about the Astros. Um it wasn't just the Astros. No. It wasn't just the Astros. Just like I mean, we've we've been picking up signs. You know, I played uh travel ball, you know, right. 15 all the way up through high school, a little bit of college. We've been mm -hmm. picking up signs from the beginning. That's what you learn to do is pick up signs. Right. You know, we're trying to get the advantage. Right. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, um they made they made some of these players the example. And, and I think if even if you want to do something like highlight the fact that there was a PED era in baseball that we know of like we actually know that you saw the era. neck sizes like if oh, yeah. you saw a mark <laughs> mcguire 89 
compared to a Mark McGuire 99. It's like, yeah. I don't what strength and conditioning coach has yeah. you go from a 15 and a half neck to a 19 19. neck. <laughs> Had to be something. <laughs> something. You know, I, I was feeling bad. Like, man, what am I not doing right? right. Like, I'm, I'm in this gym. <laughs> I'm taking my protein powder, <laughs> but my neck is still the same size. I'm not getting as big as him. What is he taking? <laughs> yeah. But now, nah, man, I, I so um, just to, to, to go back to it and make my position clear, I do believe that he'll get in for his ballot. And you're saying that you you don't think uh, so? No, sir. No, sir. Yeah. No, sir. I, I would like them to include Barry Bonds, Kirk Schilling, yeah. uh, Roger Clemens. I want to see them get in, but I don't think all four of them get in yeah. um, in the same year. I think you got to spread that out. So, yeah. um, But you make a great point. A-Rod, A-Rod is clean. He's, I mean, you enjoy watching him. You enjoy, you, you enjoy cheering for him. Right. You don't really think about him as – uh, someone who cheated you think about him as a clean cut commentator excellent third baseman right. at texas rangers shortstop who could mm -hmm. hit the ball you don't think about that blip in his uh career where he was out a substantial period of time serving the suspension you don't think about that right now if he was still with j-lo it'd be a no-brainer it'd, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a no-brainer <laughs> hands now, down <laughs> yeah now but you guys let us know who's really right does A-Rod get in on the first ballot? Vince says no. I say yes. And that's who's really right. Man, okay, so when I was going over what should be, you know, who's really right and some of the things that we should discuss for topics, um, this was one that I knew I had to touch um, just because of, you know, how big LeBron James is and, like, his... In my opinion, he's still the face of the league. Um, but do you believe that LeBron should have been suspended for that elbow to the head of Isaiah Stewart? You know, Vince has an answer versus the NBA's, you know, how they're looking at it. So yeah. as far as Vince is uh, concerned, Outside of LeBron, um, I, I want to say a gentleman out in Denver when he, uh, I can't, I, I jack up his name. So I'm not going to jack up his name here on the podcast, mm -hmm. but the, the big center who who's like the player, uh, he ended up getting a suspension For because they said he, it's a push. Like, I'm like, I, I was born in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard for me to accept suspensions with taps and pushes when yeah. i was in detroit in the 80s bad oh, yeah. boys is how i was raised yeah. that's bill lambeer's school of rebounding is <laughs> learned growing up so i have a hard time seeing guys who push who tap who yeah. square up face to face and really nothing transpires they get yeah. suspended one two games yeah. when growing up I mean, you got full-fledged kicks and full-fledged punches, and it just right. be a foul, shoot your two shots, maybe a technical. That's yeah. the end of that. Maybe so, a fine, but not a suspension. Not not, not at all. So yeah. uh, do, do I believe LeBron should have been suspended? 
I personally don't, but I understand the NBA's position. So yeah. going back to, you got to go back to 2004. And again, oh, yeah. LeBron, he hit Isaiah Stewart in Detroit. And yeah. you now have context. The, listen, you got to have the context. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the, uh, the, the wonderful special if you haven't seen malice in the palace yeah you you've got to see that that's going to give you context to what i'm going to say but Mm -hmm. from that it highlighted the hip-hop culture that had infiltrated and and not so much hip-hop culture it's just you know you got influencers who like what they like so alan iverson as he said in in many interviews he wasn't trying to start a trend of uh big t-shirts and baseball caps and he just likes what he likes from virginia Repping, repping uh, uh, JB's home. <laughs> he just liked what he liked. And it just so happened to catch fire. And so it gave the NBA a look with long tees, baggy tees, chains, whatever. And so if you watch Malice in the Palace, you see that this narrative of NBA being a quote unquote hip hop sport, sports full of thugs. Um, and then you had December of 2004, or it was December. No, no, November of 2004. November, yeah, November. Yeah, November. 2004 where you have the malice in the palace and you've got just pure pandemonium unfolding in the nba and from there david stern has kind of he set the tone of cleaning up the quote-unquote image of the nba so knowing that this is the direction that now has been crystallized over 15 years 17 years yeah we're in detroit you have a play that went awry You've got Isaiah Stewart, who's ready to go. You have LeBron, who's unwilling to back down. You've got to send a message. Similar to what we talked about earlier in the show in baseball, basketball was just sending a message saying that, listen, I don't care if you're the king. We are not going to have any type of aggressive fighting going on in our league. We're going to keep this clean image of basketball. You know, so this is this is the reason why this wasn't the, our who's really right because um, I had the same position. I understand why they did it. Um, I didn't even think about the nugget though. You you gave me that one that this was in Detroit where the malice in the palace happened. So I didn't even think about that part. But I was like, the, the league had to send a, a message to all of its players. This is not going to be tolerated, even if you're the king. And so I was okay with them doing it, even though I didn't think personally that he should have been suspended. Cause you know, like you said, I'm, I'm an eighties baby. I didn't see some stuff happen on the basketball court. That's right. And so, um, I, you know, I thought a fine would have just been warranted. I think what, what probably exacerbated the situation was the fact that Isaiah Stewart went crazy. Now, the only thing that I was truly upset with is if you're Isaiah Stewart, you got to fight when you got the chance. <laughs> you can't walk up to LeBron, look at him in the face and get close enough to, to take a swing. And then after you get separated, you know, you do all of that trying to get to him when you had your opportunity to get to him. That's the only thing I was upset about. But I'm not, I'm not for fighting in basketball. I'm, I'm just being <laughs> silly. But yeah, no, I, I, I understood it. I did understand why they had to suspend him. LeBron is the last of the Mohicans, I would say, from the the genre of 
idols in sports, idols in basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, for generations, you had the one superstar that everyone pointed to as the North Star of the sport. Um, And LeBron, I I think, is one of the last that they'll be for a little while. I mean, they might change our mind. We might have a prodigy come out. I don't know. But, you know, you've got the passing of the torch from Dr. J to Michael. You then right. went from Michael to Kobe. And then you've had the, the passing of the torch from Kobe to LeBron. Mm-hmm. There were idols. There were North Stars. There were untouchables. You wanted right. to get them. But they also wanted to show you that as hard as you were, you were not going to be on my level. Right. Now in sports, you don't have that idol. So guys are like, I'm going to bust you no matter who you are. Right. So yeah. there's, there's, there's not this respect for someone's body of work right where you're like you've been so great for so long that i defer you i'm gonna work hard but i tip my cap to you because you know you, you're just you're just the goat guys are like i don't care if you lebron james king james luke james like i don't care <laughs> bony james like i don't care who you are i'm gonna bust you yeah. and lebron coming from that type of uh, uh generation of you don't come after me no matter how old I am. I'm going to show you that I can still sun you. Right. Now, I've been there where, uh, again, growing up in our generation, if you mm-hmm. have an OG that's on the basketball court and you talk trash to the OG on the basketball court, mm-hmm. the OG might be average until you start talking that nonsense. Oh, yeah. And then they go <laughs> X they don't games mode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they go X games and, and they go off. Yeah, that's LeBron. LeBron was like, I'm tired of this little 20 year old pushing me. Right. Yeah. And I think in a moment of dog, I'm 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 borderline just trying to keep my body together till my son makes it to the league. Right. And you with your, you know, strong 20 year old body, you keep pushing on me, <laughs> bro, like chill out. Right. And, and that 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 bro, chill out that that backhand. It ended yeah. up just clipping something, and I don't know what he gashed. Yeah, but you know now I look like WWE Hell in a Cell. Yeah, and 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 it just kind of got progressively worse from there. And it's it's crazy I, when I see like little stuff like that. You and you know it's happened to me before. It doesn't look like anything when you watch it in replay. Like not so bad that it would open up a cut where you would need five stitches. But yeah, he was leaking, and I was like, man, I didn't realize he hit him that hard. Yeah. But uh yeah, I nah, again, I, I I certainly understood it and you know. Um they they got a police sport. And now when you add the fact that it was in Detroit, they really like, nah, we're not allowing this to happen again. <laughs> Cause Isaiah Isaiah Stewart went off. All right, let's jump to uh this this contract by Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. I, so it was a $40 million extension. He just received an extension a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Or was it last year? Mm-hmm. I think it was last year. I think it was before last season. And I think, uh, you know, they they made their decision to to go with Taysom Hill over Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but then this past year, they brought in, no, last year they brought in, uh, what's his name? James Winston. Crab leg. Yes. Brought <laughs> <laughs> in crab legs. <laughs> and when uh, Jameis won the starting QB job over Taysom Hill in the preseason this year, um, 
I thought that the Saints were going to uh, regret the decision to give them as much money as they did. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like the Saints have decided to double down. Um, and this extension could end up, you know, uh, paying him somewhere around $100 million, a little less than $100 million. Mm-hmm. You, you think this was a, a good idea by the Saints? Okay, what, so... What are they thinking? So they were, in a sense, they were trying, they're trying to coach, uh, taste him up a little bit. Yeah. They're trying to motivate him to be the, at least uh, a hold me over till they get a great draft pick to get a real quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're hurting because they're, they're used to quality at the quarterback position yeah. for Drew Brees. They don't have that. Um, Taysom, they believe that there's somebody in the front office saying that he's got an upside. So let's structure a deal to where, because the base is slightly over 5 million. All right. So we're going to pay you five million a year in a sense. However, son, if you can be respectable on this field, Mm -hmm. you put us in playoff contention. They're basically saying we're going to give you five and a half million dollars. But if you outperform this five and a half, your life could be considerably different. Yeah over the next four years, but the ball is in your court. Uh, it, it gives Taysom something to shoot for, mm-hmm. but it gives them an opportunity to cut him and pay him his 5 million and, and, and wash their hands with him if a better yeah. situation opens up. So it, 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 it sounds like, you know, they opened the bank book, but what they did was they said, Hey, we're going to commit to you. We're going to show you that we want you to succeed. We're showing you that we have the resources to thank you for succeeding. But if you don't, we will release you for $5 million and wash our hands and move forward. So I I don't, in a sense, when you have a team that is looking for a quarterback saying that I'm going to commit to the person that's here. Maybe it, it, it motivates you in the off season to hire you a trainer, hire you a coach, get you some consulting. Maybe you'll do the work to be what we need until we figure this out. But I don't, I'm glad that it's not 95 guaranteed. Then we'll be, then we would say, okay, these guys, these guys have lost it, but they're like, we're going to give you five and a half million dollars. That's what we're committing. We're going to, we're going to pay you well. But you could change your life if you change the life of our organization. Well, you know, it's funny. As much as I as much as I know about NFL contracts, even when I saw the number, I wasn't even thinking about the fact that this contract is so incentive laden. I just saw not, uh, almost a hundred million, and I'm thinking to myself, "All right, what what are we doing here?" But that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I know one of when you look at someone like a uh, what's the court Kirk Cousins, yeah. And you see him get a fully guaranteed contract and then re-up for fully guaranteed money. You know, when you hear that money on the initial, it's just like, all right, that's a lot of money. And in thinking about it in comparison to, you know, Taysom Hill and this contract, when you see just the, the number of what it could be, not necessarily what it will be, you automatically think, all right, like, hey, what's going on here? Like, why are we paying him this much money, especially when we haven't made the decision to make him our starting quarterback? But um, that was good insight on that track, on that, uh, on that contract, because uh, I didn't realize the base was only going to be about five million. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Just, so that, I mean, now that makes much more sense. Yeah, it's like, you know, you get a decent paycheck while you're here mm-hmm. for as long as we need to keep you. But, yeah. you know, you can, if you turn around, so, and I think they somebody might have been thinking about a Kirk Cousins situation where it's like, mm-hmm. we caught lightning in a pan. Yeah. So if you go off, we're going to pay you. Yeah. But if you don't, we're going to cut you yeah, yeah. and call it a day. <laughs> and you won't see nowhere near any of that no. money that, <laughs> that got reported. You know, it's funny. So, now you know what? We got to have, you got to come back on uh, soon so we can discuss like these contracts and, you know, what they mean and, you know, some of this stuff, because I, I don't think the average person knows how contracts are structured. And when they hear a number, they probably react in a way that I did for this story. Like, all right, now this is an extremely high number for a player who isn't a starting quarterback, does do a little bit, you know. And that's why I was like, as the backup, he can't do all of the things that he used to do when he was the third string quarterback behind uh, one Drew Brees is the starter, but Teddy Bridgewater is the backup. Yeah, yeah. Because having him in that third role, he's the emergency quarterback. Right. You can have him if you need him, but as the backup, he may be called upon very quickly. And we saw what happened as, with James Winston. As as we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They they're just shoring up what they believe is their most viable option in the event of because Jameis Winston, as unfortunately we've seen has been injury prone. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, they're they're on the market along with uh the Falcons down here. They yeah. <laughs> the quarterbacks are getting hard to find. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, we, we could do a whole nother show on how the, the the Falcons have needed to move on and get a new quarterback for a few years now and just decided not to. Man. There, there's some some blind loyalty that's going on inside of the organization listen uh i I dream of the day where i could cheer for a professional football team Mm -hmm. um i am jealous of people who have teams they cheer for that win um in in football like i don't know what it's like to have hope on a sunday I've, i've been a lions fan and for a second i tried to be because i live here in atlanta i tried to be a falcons fan but yeah. both do the same thing with my heart and I'm just unwilling to get into a new relationship. Um, and, and so I, I don't know. So if you're out there with a team that's winning, if you could just comment and just tell me what it's like <laughs> to look forward to games on Sunday and structure your day around being around the television. Um, yesterday, the, the Lions reminded me why I'm in the position I'm in because I started hoping in them and, <laughs> You know, I got done with with lunch yesterday and I said, wouldn't it be great if the Lions could get their first win today and they were leading? And, and so my heart tricked myself and, and said, yeah. it could be possible. They're going yeah. against Andy Dalton. Jared Goff is in. We I, I like I like our chances. And so I began to hope. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping all the way through <laughs> the game. So my well, hope was on high in the fourth quarter. And it's dangerous <laughs> when it's high and, and and the Bears were in the red zone with less than two minutes to play. And your mind starts saying, this looks like the, the same movie, just with different characters. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, this is going to be. And it, that's that's the downfall of Alliance, man. No, this is yeah. going to be different. And when they kick that field goal, they also just 
kick my hopes and dreams. So, <laughs> y'all know what it's like. Just let me know. Let me know. I just want to know. I got a little bit of encouragement for you. First, let me say, I almost texted you yesterday because <laughs> I, I I just felt that it was going to happen. I, with teams like this who have, you know, kind of years, they put together years of losing, you know, you can see that it's not even with the coach. The organization has just had a, a culture of losing. And so it's going to take for them, in my opinion, to blow up kind of in the way that the Cleveland Browns did, blow up the whole organization, you know, starting with the owner. Ooh. And so the, the, the next person is going to have to, you know, really blow the whole thing up, get new people in there because culture change has to start. I'm talking about all the way to the equipment person. <laughs> and that's what's going to have to happen with the Lions. And I think it's possible. I think that somebody at some point is going to see, okay, now why Cleveland, they not, you know, they made it to the playoffs this past year. So we got to celebrate yeah. something that they've done. Something, yep. Um, and so they, they've at least lifted themselves out of that. And so I, I think that's what the Lions are going to have to do. We'll see. <laughs> you, it's hard to remove an owner who also named the stadium they play in. So. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wishful thing. I'll right. keep it on my Christmas list. Yeah. <laughs> sure will. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into, and this was another one that was kind of a candidate for who's really right, but we were kind of on the same side of it. Um, and we know that a lot of stuff, a lot of, especially what happens in college football and even on the professional level, um, it's kind of governed by politics, you know, and it's driven by money. And so when I see a team like Cincinnati, who isn't, you know, a media darling like an Alabama or a Michigan or an Ohio State, when I see them get up and get close, you know, something in me just wants to root for them. And so the last few weeks where the, the, the top 10 or the top four have come out and they haven't been in it, I get upset by the fact that something like football has to be governed by politics. You know, let them decide on the field. I think they've made, I think they've made, you know what I'm saying, enough of an impact on the field this year. Now they still got to be ECU to, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. But they made enough of an impact this this year, especially with beating Notre Dame, to be in this top four. Um, now, do you think that do you think that they should be in the top four as well? Because right now they're right on the edge, number five. It, and, and I'm looking at it as it stands today. Um, I don't think they should have dropped. Like I don't understand how they dropped. I, I want to say, from what I'm looking at. Um, from three to four, I don't, I don't think that merited them to drop. And mm -hmm. and maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing right now. But yeah, uh, I, I think you're looking at you might be looking at the coaches poll. coaches poll. Yeah, uh, the the college football playoff uh, ranking. Yeah, uh, well, it's as it stands. Oh no. November. Oh, they haven't updated. I, I'm not looking at something that's updated. Okay. So um, I don't think they, they should have been dropped. I, I really don't. They're they're 
they played again for what you said. It's not their fault that their conference isn't one of the SECs or, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, conferences that that garner a lot of the attention but with what they've been given with the current structure i believe you've got to reward hard work you got to reward quality wins and one of their quality wins is against notre dame who's they 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 had a quality win against a quality opponent they did well with the schedule they were given but if i've got to go to a semifinal football game, I've got to be able to guarantee that there's going to be enough excitement on their side to generate sales. And if I've got to choose between the Buckeyes or the Bearcats, as far as from Ohio, who's going to travel better? The Buckeyes will. So I'm praying that the Buckeyes hold their own. At the same time, you, now, now you, you, you've got a little, a, you know, I think two teams, if Ohio State praying that they slip up, mm-hmm. I am praying. I, as a Michigan fan, I'm hoping they slip up. Uh, yeah. I just am. Um, if they slip up, you've got a toss-up between Michigan and Notre Dame, both who mm-hmm. travel well. And all of these things that I'm listing are more reasons as to why the Bearcats will not get respect as it relates to the college until it's expanded to eight, where you yeah. can afford a game that's just not going to, to right. do well. Um, I don't think that Cincinnati gets the respect it deserves um, for how it's played. So they're going to, I believe they're going to win out. Yeah. I think they'd be easy so, as well. And go to a uh, New Year Six, but they will not be yeah, in, be in the, the four. No, no. I'm going to tell you what has to happen for them to stay in the four. And you're probably not going to like this because as a Michigan fan, it involves them losing to Ohio State. Continue. I'm, I'm a realistic Michigan fan. <laughs> you know, I'm realistic. You, you know, if, if it was 20 degrees warmer on Saturday, I'm not even thinking that we can win, but oh, wow. it's cold. Yeah. We're going back to uh, Bo Schimbeckler, if I can say yeah. his name still, days, uh, where we're going to just run the ball. Yeah. We're not throwing nothing, boys. <laughs> you know, the irony in this is I certainly root for Michigan over Ohio State. Um, As one with censure. <laughs> I, I think Lawrence would disagree. <laughs> hey, hey, he, he's got he's got a he's got a picture of us almost ten years ago uh-huh. draped with, with know, Ohio State, stuff. and and we haven't won since. So, I hope I hope he's listening. Yeah, but I've got a blue and yellow blanket that I'm driving directly to your house. <laughs> the drape across your shoulders. <laughs> I think I think Michigan wins this game. I know it sounds it sounds crazy. It's only crazy think, till it happens. Yeah, I think Michigan wins this game, which, to your point, would because Ohio State's not going to drop out of the top four if Michigan wins. Oh, they are. Oh, they are. Now, Ohio State blowout, will have two maybe. losses. No, Ohio State will have two losses. Th- that's true. So, so you can't 
keep them in the top. They will go to five, and then you've got to choose between Notre Dame and Cincinnati. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, that's yes. well, that's, I mean, I think it would be obvious at that point because Cincinnati already knocked off Notre Dame. So I don't think that the the committee could in their right mind an undefeated team who's already beaten the team, you know, could jump them over. You're also going to have Alabama and Georgia go at it. This is true. So there is a chance. Um, there, there, there's, there's, there's a chance. In the words of Dumb and Dumber, you're telling yeah. me there's a chance. Yes, I'm telling you there's a chance <laughs> for Cincinnati. Um, but you've got a lot that has to happen. Ohio state has to lose Alabama has to, because if Alabama wins, Georgia doesn't drop out of the top. No, four. no, they stay there as a one loss to an Alabama team. So you need Alabama to lose. You need Mm -hmm. Ohio state to lose. Yeah. Uh, because well, no, you only need one of them to lose because, to your point, I think that Alabama loses, it drops down to two, and then you just slide Cincinnati. I, I, I think Cincinnati is going to handle East Carolina, yeah, you know, very handily, unless there's a turkey hangover, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which we have seen. <laughs> Man, yeah, this this is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting. I, I I don't know why I just feel like. Mission is gonna do something to beat Ohio State this year. Um, I don't know that I've maybe one of the year, some years past. I think I may have taken that, but Ohio State just looked too strong in the last however many years. But this year, I don't know why I feel like Michigan may knock off Ohio State. You know, these are the years. If you're Georgia, if you want to win a national title, you win it this year. Yeah. Michigan, if you want to beat Ohio State, you do it this year. Yeah. This is the year. If Mm -hmm. you're going to do something, do it this year. But if not, Michigan, we're going to go on another eight-year drought, which would be close to 20 years of not beating Ohio State. And Georgia and Kirby Smart will just – Kirby Smart will be the second coming of Mark Rick. Great regular season, but – and when it done. comes time, you know, we wet the bed and, and, yeah. and, you know, I, I think Georgia has a little chip on their shoulder. They're playing well. Yeah. As long as they don't get in their way. I think I, I haven't seen a team that could beat Georgia yet. Uh, yeah. I think that defense is too strong. They have a really good defensive line. And I think that carries them to a national championship this year. All right. Real roll call. Now, these are topics. This is something that we just debuted maybe three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, or three, four episodes ago. Um, it's basically the, the topics that we have. We want to touch, but we can't spend too much time on them. So we're going to start this off with Iman Shumpert becoming the first NBA player to win Dancing with the Stars. What do you think about that? First of many. First of many. Yeah. He'll be first of many NBA players. You got to have great footwork to be in the league. Oh, yeah. So – I think it's going to be first to many. Uh, Iman already kind of showed us his uh, artistic debuts with, you know, he and his wife and, and mm-hmm. their child. Um, so you you knew that he was going to put forth a great effort and that he did and uh, yeah. big up Iman. Yes. I, it, it, like you said, I, 
knowing who his wife is, I didn't think it was any doubt that <laughs> he was going to win this one. All right, Dan Mullen, coach of Florida, fired. What'd you think Life about comes that? at you fast. Life yeah. <laughs> comes at you fast. <laughs> wow. I, High standards. After getting to the point, because they should have beat Alabama. I, I really thought that they were going to beat Alabama. The fact that he got fired this year, and, you know, this is the job that he's been wanting. He ended up going to South Carolina. You know, he was at, uh, was Mississippi State? Mississippi State. He turned that program around. All the way around, yeah. They, they had sections of the stadium built, thanks to Yeah. <laughs> they closed their horseshoe. Man, I, it's so for him to get this, what is his dream job, and to be fired like this so unceremoniously. Life comes at you <laughs> fast. And, and, and when the notification came in, I was around my brother and, and one of my best friends. And I was like, hey, and I said the same thing. Life comes at you fast. And they said something that made so much sense to kind of put it all back into perspective for me. They said, it's not that he's not good. Mm-hmm. It's that he shouldn't be this bad this soon. Yeah. And I was like, mm, that makes sense. Good point. Good yeah. point. All right, Jason Garrett out in New York. New York Giants let him go as their their offensive coordinator. Uh, This is a a domino effect. This is a Hail Mary attempt to say, as the GM, as the head coach, they're trying to point fingers to say, it's not us. And so Mm -hmm. we're going to see if we can make some adjustments with the personnel and produce new results. No, your entire organization is trash right now. And, you know, they should have fired everyone, all of them. And so this was the GM still being in control, the head coach still being in control, which they will be uh, through the end of December. And then ownership's going to come in and clean house. So Jason Garrett was just the first of many, mark my words. The first shooter drop. Yeah, you know, I I I thought that he he had been made the scapegoat. Mm Um. All right, so South Carolina women's basketball. They not only beat UConn, they blew out UConn, and they won that game 73-57. to What did you think about when you saw that? Listen, it's a brand-new day in women's college basketball. Yeah. Brand-new day. I think it's the changing of the guard, and we notice this every so often where, mm-hmm. you know, someone is dominating, but then there comes another. And I yeah. believe South Carolina is that another that's coming along yeah. to uh, let you know who's the real force. Right. I, you know, I just love parody, especially when, you know, one of my teams isn't the dominant team. So <laughs> the fact that South Carolina could could do this and they could beat UConn, um, I was glad to see that. And I just, you know, love Don Staley. And so all that, you know, all of her, her, um, what she's done for women's basketball is good to see her, you know, be in this position. And I know that she's had this program up to that point for a while, but it's just really good to see her in that position. There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The Cowboys, they've dropped three of their last four. They were looking like a hot team that could just waltz right into the Super Bowl. But um, being a team of the, I mean, being a fan of the Washington football team, um, I never want to see them do well. And so do you <laughs> do you think they're in trouble after dropping three of the last four? 
I'm gonna give him the same phrase I give the Lions. I say Lions gonna lion. Listen, no. Cowboys <laughs> go Cowboy. <laughs> Cowboys go Cowboy. This is this yeah. is what we talk about every year around this time. They yeah. have this nationally televised debacle and then end up sputtering to the finish line at some tune to average. Yeah. So uh, they 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 were in trouble before the season began. They're all the Cowboys are always in trouble. You're surprised when they're not. So yeah. they lost three or four. Uh, they'll end up probably going 500 for the remainder of their games. And mm-hmm. then it's a toss up to see what goes on from there. So uh, yeah. the Cowboys stay in trouble. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to the real. Now this on to the real is a, is a good one for me, you know, and I got to tell a story about this guy because before I actually met him, um, I was like kind of an admirer from afar. He and I played the same position in college. And my freshman year, um, I started as a freshman. So um, I used to always look at, you know how the offense will look at the defense from the teams that they play. Well, when I heard about this guy, um, I went and took the tape from our offense to kind of look at some of the things that he did because I was really just learning how to play the position. Um, I didn't play defensive end in high school. So when I saw what he was doing to opposing offenses, I, I was like, man, I got to steal some of the stuff that he's doing <laughs> um, and kind of add it to the repertoire. But my my freshman year when we played Bethune-Cookman, uh, at the time it was Bethune-Cookman College, um, Stevie Baggs Jr. killed our offensive line. Um, in particular, and we still uh, kind of taunt him about it, our, our teammate Willie Shine, who was playing left tackle at the time. Um, I want to say he had something like three, four sacks that game. Um, and so, you know, I looked at that, man, and we would always tease him about it. And so when I moved to Atlanta, um, I, I, I got a chance to meet him. Actually, I think I met him right before I moved to Atlanta. I was visiting Atlanta. And I got a chance to meet him, um, and I, I told him about the story about how we uh, <laughs> how we would tease our, our left tackle about the game he gave up to him. So, um, I on to the real spotlight for this week is Stevie Bags Jr. I could say, you know, there was an organization I worked with maybe about eight years ago now, uh, seven eight years ago, and we had an opportunity to bring Stevie Bags in. And one thing I'll say about the work that Stevie Bags does, it's not easy to do that week in, week out, year in, year out. But you're talking about somebody who's been consistent. You're talking about somebody who is real with it. Um, So I I just tip my hat off to uh, your next guest because he he has been about it. I've seen it over a period of time. And the fact that we're still talking about it almost a decade later, uh, you know, says that this guy is something special. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you know, he is husband first, former NFL player, actor, motivational speaker, and the author of two books, Greater Than the Game and Woke. Um, I think, uh, and, and t- talking a little bit about his acting career, um, he's been in a, a few different TV shows. He, f- he featured in season two of the reality dating matchmaking show, Match Made in Heaven. Um, he's also appeared on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, the show's Necessary Roughness, and the show Star. 
He's currently starring in a role in one of Tyler Perry's uh, drama thrillers, Ruthless. Um, and he's also on the, on the Netflix show, Cobra Kai. So um, I just want to give uh, him his flowers. It's funny because Stephanie and I had talked about having him as our onto the real spotlight um, a few months back. And I don't know what happened. I, I don't know why we didn't. I think that um, um, we ended up choosing somebody else. But he, uh, shout out to Jamia. Jamia is um, the, the owner and founder of New Breed Works. Um, when she called us in to do um, something for the platform, you know, he didn't hesitate. So um, we got to speak to him there and we were supposed to have him on, uh, on the podcast at some point. Um, and it just hadn't material, materialized yet. Um, but I ran into him a couple of days ago <laughs> at the doctor's office. And um, I told him, I was like, hey, man, we got to get you back on, man. And so he was willing to do it. And I thought this would have been this would have been a good time to, to have him on as I on to the real spotlight. All right, feel good final thought. Now this one right here um, was, was such a dope story. Um, I know my, my career ended with injury um, and I went into coaching right afterwards and found out that coaching, well, I do love coaching, but just being under the coaches that I was under, and I won't go deep into that story, but just being under the coaches that I was under when I started my coaching career kind of drove me away from, um, kind of drove me away from the profession. But Kendall Breast was a junior football player um, at his high school. He was diagnosed with a heart condition. And when he found out that he could no longer play football, uh, his father, who was the head coach of the team, allowed him to join the staff. And so um, he has parlayed that into, um, in my opinion, a successful coaching career. And so not only has he coached, did he coach at the high school with his dad, but he's also been now to Youngstown State. He is now the coach of Grove City College where he's coaching defensive backs. And so I just thought this was such a dope story, you know, um, a lot of the, I talk a lot about how you want to be done with the game before the game is done with you um, as far as being a player. <clears throat> but it's always good when you see stories like this where you see a player where something happens and you can no longer play the game, but you're able to transition and still be a part of the game that you love, the game you grew up probably uh, <clears throat> playing. And you just never know when that that your moment and you know when a moment's going to come where it's like your career is over because all of us who play football or most of us we have dreams of playing it professionally and so when something deviates from that path you know it can be hard for guys to transition and that's what the field to the real project was created for so definitely wanted to highlight him shout out to Kendall Bress um um, just a, a very inspiring story. All right, man, Vince, we are at the end of another one. Um, I thank you so much for coming on. Before we get out of here, though, um, we got we to gotta do a segment we call Show Picks, where you let us know, what have you been watching? 
my wife and I stumbled upon, and I'm going to say stumbled upon because we had some mentors of ours say that this show called Yellowstone was something that we needed to, to take a look at. And so uh, during the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays, that's when my wife and I get a chance to catch up on all the shows that we've missed throughout the year. And we have in the last week, maybe two, gone through uh, uh, three and a half seasons of Yellowstone. We've caught up to oh, wow. where this Sunday is a new episode coming out. But it's a story about cowboys, Indians, and then the business world trying to take the land again. And so you see this unique storyline between the animosity between cowboys and uh, Native Americans who believe that their land was stolen. And you have progressive Native Americans saying that we want to get our land back. And, you know, you then have this uh, conflict that ensues, but then you have business people looking to expand and this pure area in Montana is has yet to have been developed. And so like these business people love doing, they like developing, but don't realize the backstory. And it's filled with principle, it's filled with grit, uh, it's filled with determination, uh, family, dysfunction, tragedy, trauma, you name it. Uh, it, it it gripped our attention, and so uh, we we've been we, we're hooked. Uh, I think I'm gonna start wearing a cowboy hat. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's that exciting. So Yellowstone has been what we've been been watching. I gotta I gotta check that out because I'm intrigued now. I'm okay. Intrigued. <laughs> well, I, so what I've been watching is funny. I, I I didn't dive right into this um, like I wanted to, but now that I've watched the first two episodes, I. I kind of wish that I was able to binge it when you got a child in the house you know it kind of stops a little bit that's another that's another nugget for you trying you, trying to get it all in I got right. I got a couple months left I'm, I'm getting it I'm sleeping when I want to sleep um oh man say goodbye to that <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it right now yeah but Colin in black and white um the first two episodes really gave me a little bit of insight into how he came to the point that he is, but I'm, I'm really interested in seeing, seeing everything, you know, cause I, I'm at the point now where he's in high school and he's just kind of figuring stuff out as um, a young man. And, and yeah, I, I was blown away by the first two episodes. I'm looking forward to finally being able to sit down. So that's on my, yeah. on my list. So I started King yeah. Richard. Um, and then oh, Colin is, is right under, right, right, yeah. under, right underneath that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got to get the King. I'm hopefully I can get the King Richard in the next couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, it? so far, I mean, you know, we got a little tired after that Turkey yesterday. So we, oh, we yeah. got through like the first, <laughs> first hours, two and a half hours. So we got through the first hour. Ooh. So, um, um, I mean, we're, we're all in and we were like, we don't want to go to sleep on this. So we cut it off before we went to sleep. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, that's one of those ones I, I would think, yeah, it's like, all right, let me cut this off. So I, I don't miss anything about it. Yep. Well, Vince, man, I, I one I gotta say, man, I truly appreciate you for coming on, man. Um, and not even just that, um, you know, uh, anything that I've asked you, man, in the last couple of years, man, it, there hasn't been any hesitation, whether it be uh, when I first moved to Atlanta, um, and I had so many different things going on in my life. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but one of my first therapy sessions was with you. Um, and so, man, I, I just appreciate you. Um, you 
um, officiated my wedding. Um, and just anything that I've asked, man, you, you've always been there, whether it be, man, it, uh, when I first got, we first got started with the Fields of the Real Project, going up to Georgia State and, you know, kind of speaking to them about some of the things that we could provide to them and, and all of that, man, you've just always been there. So um, um, I'm proud to, to, to say that you're my pastor, man, but I, I'm even prouder to say that you're a friend, man, and I thank you so much, man. Man, it's, it's, it's an honor. Uh, I just enjoy uh, walking alongside you, man. It's it's always joy. And, yeah. you know, I appreciate walking alongside somebody who's filled with faith. And yeah. and that's where you are, uh, Ronnie Jacks, uh, the new one coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, full full house over there. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you know, any anytime we can all get together uh, on a side like this and do something positive and work, we enjoy it. But man, when we all get together, it is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we love you all uh, dearly as well. So anything we can do to serve, support, uh, be here, uh, that's all I can really say. I, I guarantee, I guarantee I'm here. I might not know a whole lot, but I can guarantee that I'll be here to listen and um, just cheer you all on. And uh, I'm enjoying seeing what God is doing in you all's life. I appreciate it. We, we, we definitely extend the same to you guys, man. Anything that we can do, because uh, we just so appreciative of, of, of all that you've done for us, man. So thank you, man. I wanted to give you your flowers on here, man. <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> I just truly appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an honor to be on today. Man, we had a good time. This time yeah. ran. It, right. Hey, look, it went by fast. I'm looking at it now. I was like, man, it's already nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this, this flew by today. Yeah. Well, this is episode 137 of the Field to the Real podcast. We thank you guys for checking us out. But we out of here. Peace. See y'all. Now put the cameras on me. 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 Put the cameras on me.